a stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. We have heard a lot of late about this whole idea of quiet quitting. Could there be an alternative that might actually be better? What about quiet thriving? Uh, so excited to talk to Leslie Alderman, who's a psychotherapist based in Brooklyn. And uh, first, Leslie, thanks for joining us. This is a great piece in the Washington Post. And uh, let's let's get into this. Let's start kind of with the where a lot of people are of this quiet quitting of saying, hey, this isn't great. So I'm just going to kind of do the bare minimum standard, do the checklist stuff and just kind of survive. Uh, what Where does that lead us? Uh, how have you seen that play out in terms of, of work with your clients? Quiet quitting, you know, my sense is that people have been doing this for a long time. It's not a brand new thing. They go, I'm burned out. (laughs) Enough is enough. I'm just going to do what's required. I'm not going to go above and beyond. And I'm all for people setting boundaries. I think that's really healthy. And not working longer hours than you need to and not just, you know, killing yourself for your job and neglecting your personal life. That isn't healthy. It's not usually a great recipe for a happy life. Um, But I think there's something about the quiet quitting memes going around, which was kind of like um, a disengagement from your work. And that was, this article was a bit in response to that. Like if you're, if you're in a job that's pretty good, you know, maybe you're not madly in love with it, but it's not like a horrible toxic environment that you need to get out of. Maybe another mindset is like, how can I make this better for myself? How can Mm -hmm. I find a way to thrive within the situation that's not perfect? And, you know, most most jobs are somewhat imperfect. You know, there are a few people that absolutely love their jobs, but they have their imperfections. So my sense was like, oh, how can you, like, how can you take charge of the place you go to, whether virtually or physically every day, and make something better of it? Yeah, I love that. And it's, uh, it is interesting. I'm so glad you said quiet quitting is not a new thing. Uh, I actually had someone in government who was such a good quiet quitter that they were actually running another business. <laughs> and everyone everyone in the department thought they were doing work for someone else and always were so busy they didn't want to ask them to, to do work. Uh, but they had completely checked out uh, so much so that they had their own business. They were running out of a government offices. <laughs> but Oh, my goodness. That's another strategy. <laughs> yeah, a whole, a whole other level. But, uh, but I love this idea of – uh, you know, if you do the bare minimum, you're one, you're never going to really be happy with that. It's not going to be very satisfying. Uh, and I'm one of those who believes that excellence is always in demand. And if you can find some of those area areas to go after, even in a job that may not be ideal, you can still find meaning. And more importantly, if you're delivering excellence, that's going to put you in a better spot when that next opportunity does come along. And so let's, let's get into some of those strategies, Leslie, what should people be thinking about Uh, in terms of kind of a quiet thriving? Well, I think, first of all, it's like, what is in your control to improve or make better? Are there things that you could actually speak up to your manager or your boss? And they they don't have to be a big deal. They could be small things like, hey, you know, we 
you should have a team, you know, a volleyball team, which I know is an extracurricular, but just something that makes the atmosphere more positive. Mm. Or, you know what, I really yeah. I really would like to work on this project and I'm, I'm not. I, I find a lot of times, I mean, I think this is my patients, they, they get kind of frustrated and there's, you know, often we get intimidated by power. We feel like we can't speak up because we're going to seem too bossy. But speaking up can't hurt, you know, it's just, yeah. it, it, it helps to just say, hey, I, I, I see some way I can make my job better. Another is this sort of idea of job crafting, which is mm. what what is in, within your power to make your job more of what you like to do, whether just talking to your manager about taking on more of what you like and perhaps less of what you don't like, or just looking for something on the job that would make the days go by more quickly and feel more fun and fulfilling. You know, some people just sort of speak up for some volunteer job or something that they could do at work, or they just say, you know what, I really, I realize I really like, you know, writing reports much more than I like doing the data aspect of mm. some big project. And, and just speaking up and, and talk, talking about what you like and what your strengths are and trying to amplify those on the job. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Yeah, that crafting of your job, I think, is such an important mindset and leads to so many important conversations. One of the things you quoted in your article uh, was talking about having uh, a sense of curiosity uh, rather than just that external yeah. pressure and being able to find that, I think, is, is so significant. You also talk in your in your piece, uh, Leslie, about uh, two really important things that I think. One is setting intentions uh, as well as setting boundaries. Talk about those two components for us. Yeah, well, first of all, I think boundaries are very important, right? Mm-hmm. I am certainly not saying that the thing about quiet quitting is is a lot about just setting boundaries. And, yeah. and I think people get burned out and then they get frustrated and then they don't want to do anything. So I think if you, if you think of like the boundaries of like, what can I do and how can I kind of preserve my energy and my enthusiasm? Mm. Boundaries are very important, especially for people working at home. It's just yeah. like everything sort of bleeds into something else. And I wrote in the piece that a colleague of mine just at the, you know, when she's done with work, whatever time that is like six, seven, she puts, she puts a, you know, a blanket over her workspace. So it's just like out of sight, out of mind. She might come back to it later in the night, but she found like the laptop there in the corner of her living living room just kind of messed with her mind. It was like a pull to go back to work or just a reminder. So she felt like that was really helpful. I love that. Yeah, no, it's so funny. <laughs> the things that we have learned to do now that we work from home a lot, some of us, um, the idea about setting intentions is what is it that you would like to ask of yourself at your job, or how would you like to show up differently that would make work better? I think this is really, all of this is about feeling more in charge of your job and not sort of like playing possum, going to work and playing possum, (laughs) like, I'm out, I don't have to do this, I'm here, but I'm not here, because humans tend to feel better when they feel like they have some control over their environment. Yeah, no question. I want to sneak in one last one before I let you go, Leslie, and it's how you closed out your piece, and we're we're big advocates. Uh, around here about having a coach, having a mentor, 
Uh, you talk about it in the context of seeking some expert advice. Again, kind of part of this quiet thriving, but it is very intentional, uh, and I think it has big results. Yeah, thank you. That's one of my favorite bits, too, because I, you know, I'm a therapist, but people come to me and they're talking about job, their job issues. And at some point I say, you know, maybe you'd be better off with an executive coach or some kind of career coach or mentor, because I, you know, I, I only know your workplace and your work skills so much. And people come back with such great report. You know, it doesn't even have to be something you pay for. It could be someone you worked for before that you right. really trust and you just ask them for some mentoring help. But it's really good to reach out, I think, and always and, and ask for some help and guidance. No question. Leslie Alderman's a psychotherapist based in Brooklyn. Uh, her piece today is in the Washington Post, but you can also uh, read more of, of Leslie's ideas and strategies uh, at lesliealderman.com. And uh, Leslie, thanks so much for joining us. We, we really think this idea of quiet thriving uh, is really a great space to be in, regardless of, of where you are in your career or what you're doing. Uh, there's always a way to thrive in those aspects and then move forward, get to better. Thanks so much for joining us today. Great to talk to you. Uh, such a fascinating conversation with Leslie Alderman, again, psychotherapist based in Brooklyn. And we have, I mean, we have spent so much time talking about quiet quitting and the impact that's having on businesses as productivity goes down, as people are less willing to fully engage at work, when more and more people are just doing the minimum standard. Uh, you've heard me say on this program before that I think one of the great threats to the country is quiet quitting. It's mediocrity that is spreading everywhere. And we are trying to become a very unique place in history. We're trying to become one of the first civilizations ever to outlive their own success. There's been so many civilizations that rose to some level of greatness, achieved extraordinary things, and then what happened? They got comfortable. They rested on their laurels. They drifted into mediocrity and doing just the minimum standard, and before they knew it, they got wiped out by someone who was really hungry, who was striving for excellence, who had a vision and a purpose and a place to go. And so as a country, if we drift... Uh, our fate and our future will be no different from the others throughout history. And whether it's the Roman Empire, whether it's the Mayan Empire, British Empire, uh, you can go on and on. And they all achieved some very great and extraordinary things. And then something went sideways. And I would suggest that what's taken place in all of those eras is quiet quitting. And so why don't we be the first nation in history to really do it different, to outlive our own success, and the way we outlive our own success and the way you make sure that you're always in demand regardless of what happens at your work, regardless of what happens in the economy or the employment or the industry that you're in, is focus on excellence. Because excellence is always in demand. And that's what quiet thriving is really all about. I'm Boyd Matheson. Thanks for joining us on Inside Sources here on KSL News Radio. And as always, as you go out into the world today... Make sure you see something that inspires, say something that uplifts, and do something that makes a difference. KSL FM Midvale, KSL Salt Lake City. Listen on any smart speaker and in your car. 2.7 FM, KSL News Radio, Utah's all day companion for news. 
Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.